And here comes a new challenger. Yay! Hello? Hello. Hello! Good to have you on the show. Thanks. So so this is Ben. He does, for the most part, he is the host. He does most of the talking, usually, and I come in with all the uh, funny quips. Although this time I might be talking a lot more just because it is video game related. Video game. Sounds good. Yeah. So I uh, I meant to look up an episode of your show, but uh, I ran out of time. Oh. But, uh, well, I, I assume you guys know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I trust that you do. <laughs> yeah, normally we just talk about like animation studios and stuff like that, but all this stuff, there's, there isn't much to really talk about for each of these cartoons on their own, so I think we're just going to talk more about like the weird relationship between uh, these early cartoons and the video games, how strange these uh, these adaptations were. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> that's a good idea because I was doing research today and I, and I realized, like, there are really, a lot of these things are just, like, one note, uh, you know, not a lot to talk about, except that they are very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and For real. Especially, uh, yeah. well, you guys know because you're obviously animation fans, the 80s were a pretty crappy time for uh, kids. Oh, yeah. In cartoons. the 90s. Was the Dark Ages. Yeah. Well, the 80s had had that awesome toy animation with the sunboat writing. Yeah, but but uh, there was none of that here. That's true. Well, you do have Peter Cullen as Mario. <laughs> is yeah, that true? is that but... true? Is that in the? Uh, that's in the non-Super Show. That was in. That was Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah, that was okay. Saturday yeah. Super K. Although I was watching uh, Pole Position, um, I totally forgot that was even a show, and it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, it's it's like a crappy kids show, but the animation is really good, which surprised yeah. me. It's probably the best of all of them. It's like some anime studio got their hands on it, and they I don't think they cared about the source material. They just wanted to draw cars. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. So should we get moving here? Or? Uh, we should, sure, yeah. Get, I'm, I'm ready whenever you guys move, are. Move it. Okay, let's see. Okay. Hello, and Okay, let me try that again. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Fail. You're fired. Hello, and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Swing your arms from side to side. And we have with us from Retronauts, Bob Mackey. Hi, everybody. Uh, am I supposed to say something like a quote? How about uh, pasta power? There you go. That's all I have. Okay, okay. You, you don't have to say anything funny. It's a, it, It's mostly Neil's thing. Yeah. I felt like I needed to. Okay, and uh, tonight we're talking about cartoons based off video games. Yeah, and we're mostly going to stick to like the retro stuff because we got Bob Mackey from Retro Nuts. So yeah, and also because if we did all the video game cartoons, we'd be here all night. There are quite a few. Yeah, out there. So we'll start with the Saturday Supercade in Peter Cullen as Mario. Yeah, this came out in like '84, I think, and I remember being really excited for it. I'm like, oh, God, all these car- all these uh, arcade games that I love, they're all going to be in a cartoon together. And it's just this... I liked it when I was a kid, but it's kind of this clusterfuck of just weird adaptations. It's like, the closest one to the actual game is Donkey Kong, because it's uh, Mario chasing Donkey Kong through city after city and all this crap. And then be- beyond that, it's just total weirdness. Frogger is like a reporter, and Donkey Kong Jr. has teamed up with this Fonzie weird swap character. I yeah. don't even know how to describe it. I just uh, I was watching all the intros and I was like, oh, uh, so Donkey Kong Jr. hooks up with a drifter. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting. Uh, st- <laughs> and I guess it, I guess they aren't really really concerned with um, finding Donkey Kong. They're just kind of solving crimes like every cartoon character did up until a certain point in time. Yeah, and Donkey Kong Jr. was very scrappy like. Oh yeah, actually I think he had the voice of uh, the second Scrappy. Which is um, God, he's he's dead now. 
Yeah. Uh, he did the voice of um, Elroy Jetson on the on uh, the Jetsons. Don <laughs> Messick. There you go. One of Neil's favorites. Oh yeah, I love Don Messick. Yeah. Hubert was like some fifties uh, adaptation. Uh, Pitfall. I don't. I actually do not remember the Pitfall cartoon, but it was in there apparently. They made Pitfall hairy, like all big and burly and shit. And. Uh, Kangaroo and Space Ace. Kangaroo was the debut of David Mendenhall, who was Daniel Witwicky on the Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember Frogger. They made Frogger like hip. They made, they turned was, him into was like he? a not really. He was like a newspaper reporter. Yeah, he and, was. I did not understand how. I guess. I mean, I guess all these ideas were just so basic that they had to like spin them off in a direction. But I, I didn't really connect the two. Reporter with uh, rampant street crossing. But uh, none of these cartoons really, or not the cartoons, the the video games didn't really have stories back then, so they had to come up with something. Yeah, that's true. Like the only the only games that had a na- real narrative were the, Don- the the Donkey Kong games, and even then they broke free of that for the most part for these adaptations. Yeah, they just kind of did whatever they wanted to do. Uh, Space Ace was weird. Uh, it was. They had a lot more to work with the, with Space Ace, but they they turned uh, Space Ace and the girl into siblings for some reason. Hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I barely remember this cartoon, and it does not have that awesome Don Bluth animation. It does yeah. not. Yeah, no. it's uh, kind of a a gigantic. Uh, I don't know. You go into it expecting a nice animation, and that clearly is not. Yeah, you're expecting Bluth, but you get Ruby Spears. Yeah. Ruby Spears, oh god. Should you, uh, I mean, should we talk about what Ruby Spears is and how they were a blight on humanity? And oh, are they yes. still around? Are they still around? I don't know. Technically, but most of their uh, most of their video library belongs to Hanna-Barbera now. Okay. Didn't they uh, leave Hanna-Barbera? Is that how yeah. they started? Okay. Yeah, because uh, Ken, Ruby, and uh, whatever the other guy's name is, Spears... They were actually the producers on the original Scooby-Doo. Mm. Yeah, and oh, they yeah. broke off from Hanna-Barbera. And they did co-productions with Hanna-Barbera uh, off and on. But yeah, they, they broke off from that and uh, made a lot of really bad cartoons in the 80s. Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's probably one of their more popular ones, I guess. But uh, they did make a lot. They are pretty prolific in that time period. Yeah, the, the, the thing about Saturday mornings back in the 80s is that it was like this big clusterfuck of Hanna Barbera and Ruby Spears just deluging you with shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would call it, and I'm kind of glad that you guys. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia for that stuff. I mean, I I could escape it because I was born in the early '80s, but even as a kid, um, I never really liked Hanna Barbera stuff from the uh, '70s and '80s. It always just felt cheap and uh, like insulting, just how ugly and I don't know, just crass <laughs> and ugly and, and cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, we we are, do not. The let nostalgia blind us. We have That's nostalgia, good. but we, oh. we never let it blind us. Maybe just blur our vision occasionally. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we have to talk about Pac-Man. And Pac-Man, voiced by Marty Ingalls. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marty Ingalls. Hiya, folks. This was <laughs> that's bizarre. This was, that's bizarre. Yeah, th- this was another weird thing that happened on Saturday morning. Is that they would make these anthology shows with no rhyme or reason. So it was the Pac-Man, Rishi Rich, and Little Rascal show. Our of gang. course. Yeah, I know it's our gang, but it, there's a there was a trademark issue. That, that's, that's that's what they called the show. You know, go go argue with Hanna Barbera. They could have called it the Real Little Rascals. <laughs> Put their foot down. Like yeah, the real it, Ghostbusters. Yeah, we made that joke many times, but okay. Yeah, hey, see, the it, thing is, my dad always said what happened was um, I was t- asked my dad, hey, my, hey, to my dad, hey, dad, did you used to watch Little Rascals? My dad says, Ben, sit down. And I sat down. I says, Ben, it's called Our Gang. And did your uh, was your mind blown? <laughs> no, it's just ever since then I you're, you're traumatized, and whenever somebody says Little Rascals, your your head kind of twitches. I prefer yeah. I prefer the name Little Rascals. Our gang. There's too many connotations with the word gang now that uh, it's you know you don't want to think of the Little Rascals like that. They don't run drugs or kill anyone. I'm just picturing Spanky throwing street signs. Alfalfa's Alfalfa's little hair twitches up and it's a gang sign. Oh God! 
Yeah, once again, they had no, almost nothing to work with, so they made a domestic cartoon of Pac-Man where he lives with his wife, Pepper, who I guess they couldn't call her Miss Pac-Man because she's married. Oh, you're um, right. That was, I, his mistress. that was his mistress. Yeah, I, I, I hate myself for even examining that. <laughs> and Baby Pack, which was, uh, I think, based off of the half pinball, half video game uh, upright that that is very hard to find these days. Yeah, uh, it's pretty uh, hard to replace some of those parts, so there's not a yeah, lot of circulation. Those, yeah, yeah. The weird thing about that that thing is that the pinball parts you can't just like replace them with any. I might have actually heard this on your show. Oh yeah, actually, I think uh, <laughs> Sam Playborn said that on like there's a guy he knows that has one uh, one of those machines for parts and the other one to actually play. Yeah, I'm like, where did I hear this? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I mean. At least in the Pac-Man show, there were, I guess, villains in some of the games. In some of the games, like Frogger, there was no clear antagonist, so they had to figure out, like, what the hell their hero would do or fight against or, like, where the conflict would come from. Yeah. And in this one, you at least had ghosts, but I think they renamed all the ghosts. Um, no, I think they kept them all the same, but they okay. added, like, a master oh, villain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some sort. I remember the thing about the ghosts is uh, they're programmed a certain like, way. Like, one of them is programmed to always follow you. One's actually programmed to run away from you. Oh yeah, that that is so complicated. But if you understand what each of the ghosts do, then it's like really easy to predict uh, what they're gonna do on the game board. Mm. And my favorite trick, just from watching uh, King of Kong, is that there's a place to hide Pac-Man on the board. And as long as the red ghost doesn't see you do it, you could stay there forever. Go for the, mm. for a bathroom break, huh? Yeah, and that's what uh, your favorite guy Billy Mitchell does. His hair is so. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I still think him saying that tapin's the douchiest thing ever. Well, yeah. Well, if we ever if we ever do a, a show about uh, video game documentaries, we can we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, pole position, Neil. Well, wait, you yeah. forget one thing though. Uh, oh. the game Packland, which is sort of sort of the first platformer pre Mario one. Uh, based its uh, world off of the Pac-Man cartoon. That's right, it did. And it has a pretty cool song, so... Yeah. Yes, Pole Position. Pole Position is... Yeah, they didn't really follow the, the source material at all, because Pole Position was all F1 racers, and this was like... One was a Mustang, and the other was some future car. And I think they could have adapted this to anything. They could have called this show Hot Wheels, and it would have matched... <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the the, uh, the tracks look like Hot Wheels tracks. So they're like loop to loops and uh, crazy jumps and all that. And that was clearly not in the original game. Yeah, uh, and I've always wondered if that was the case. Like maybe they were going after Hot Wheels and they didn't get the license, so they're like, oh, um, pole position. Yeah, it could it could have been something like that. I mean, or really anything. I mean, for all we know, it could have been some unplanned uh, adaptation of something else. And there was there was also kind of a hint of Knight Rider in there because all the cars the- transform. It, yeah, and the cars have personalities, and I think there's even a, a an 18 wheeler in the show. Voice of Peter Cullen? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. There is a talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did watch a few clips of that. And this this cartoon. Uh, eventually, we're going to do like the top ten uh, best cartoon themes of all time, and this one is going to be in my top ten. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I liked it. The problem is they interrupt the theme to have characters uh, spout dialogue for no reason. Oh, yeah. The theme was pretty cool. I was like, hey, and the, the actually the opening animation is really nice. Along with my, my clean cut of the Saban Sailor Moon, I also want a clean cut of that. Oh, deal. Deal. <laughs> I want it for the comedy. This is bad comedy. So... And uh, another cartoon based off of a Bluth property, but no Bluth animation. Yeah, Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Yeah, I threw this on the list, uh, and I was going to watch a clip of it today, but I didn't because I had to take a nap um, because I slept like shit last night. Um, I remember nothing about this. The animation's crap. Yeah, I think it's another Ruby Spears, if not Hanna-Barbera, and I I don't have any good memories of this. It's just kind of this weird attempt to extrapolate from Dragon Slayer. And uh, Daphne was in it, but not nearly as exciting as she is in the uh, the actual video game. Because she's not no. drawn by Don Bluth. Yeah, they kind of put more clothes on her and uh, uh, made aw. her Saturday morning friendly. Oh, Unfortunately. 
Well, you have to talk about the. Uh, now we have to talk about the era of Nintendo. Yeah, the the mighty Deke era of Nintendo. Cartoons. Oh, yeah. There was Captain N, the Game Master, starring Game Boy. Well, actually, they didn't add him until he was kind of like the Poochie of uh, that show because <laughs> they added him uh, the Scrappy like, in the second season. To I mean, it was obviously like, hey, the Game Boy's out now. Let's have a character based on that. It was he was nothing but a kind of. Well, I mean, the entire show was like an ad, but he was kind of the most egregious part because <laughs> it's like yeah. the walking, talking product. Yeah. What I love and is I, the Mega Man in that cartoon is based off of like the American artwork on the on the original Mega Man box, so it's like no, nothing like real Mega Man. Well, it, it does share a commonality in there that it's nothing like Mega Man, but it looks yeah, that original box art looks nothing like that. That that original box art is just beyond. And he, has, he has a real gruff voice like this, and he says Mega this, Mega that. Yeah, they didn't they didn't bother giving many characters uh, personalities. Like some of them have speech impediments instead of uh, you know like thoughts or feelings or. And uh, and uh, they they turned uh, they turned uh, Simon Belmont into uh, Fabio. Yeah, he's very prissy. Like he's got a, he's always got a mirror on hand. It's kind of yeah. strange. It seemed that they took the licensed characters and tweaked their pers- uh, tweaked their appearances enough that they wouldn't look like the originals. I don't. I don't know if maybe they were doing it to, like, if they didn't have the license, they could switch the names or something. I don't know what that was about, but I think all of this was uh, planned out well ahead of time. Yeah, they were. They were the licensed characters were always the ones that did not look like the the actual video game characters. The Nintendo characters, like Kit, who was named Kid Icarus for some reason, oh uh, right, yeah, looked more like the game character. But, oh, did yeah. you hear that? There's new. Uh, there's new uh, Pit game coming out. Yeah. Um, For the 3DS. Yeah, I don't know what to feel about that because, you know, the original Kid Icarus is not really that good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this one uh, plays much different it, differently. It's a Kid Icarus Uprising, and uh, I have not played it, but I've heard it's not not bad. Not total shit. All I can say. It's better than, better than Kid Icarus, so yeah. you, get, you got that. Yeah, when you press down, you don't fall through the floor. Uh, that I'm not sure about. They could have kept that. <laughs> yeah, the, yes. I can just imagine that the box art, you know, Kid Icarus. Not total shit this time. <laughs> and one thing I did not like about the Deke cartoons is that they used a lot of licensed music, but they would always re-record it with these annoying voices. Oh, and yeah, they would do covers, yeah. Yeah, and it's all through Captain N and through the Super Mario Super Show. And, oh, did they oh, actually God. have really Vanilli? Yeah, they actually got Millie Vanilli, and then the scandal broke, and that episode only aired once in its original form. <laughs> and they took the sound—they took the sound out of the second airing, and it's totally bizarre. <laughs> that is strange. Well, you know it's true. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the Mario cartoons—we're just going to lump them all together because they're all equal in their. They're, they're all the same. I think. I think there's a clear. Uh, like I see a difference in them. Personally, just because they're the ones I watch the most. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's. I like, think they all had different studios, but we have uh, like the Super Mario. Okay, my, Super Mario the Super Show was the first, and that was uh, part live action skits with uh, Lou Albano. Yeah, yeah. And Danny Wells. Yeah, and um, every Friday they would have the uh, Zelda cartoon, but um, the Mario cartoons in that one were actually pretty bad because they would mostly take stories from the public domain or like things from history and then just apply Mario characters to them. Like do Mario as a Lone Ranger. I remember that one. Yeah, or like the Revolutionary War, uh, except like Koopa is um The Red Coach, yeah. Yeah. King Henry, yeah. It's yeah, and it's always bad and almost trying to be educational, but so bad it's not. Well I think what it was is that you know, back then you had to do sixty five episodes per season and they were just struggling to come up with, with stories for these for these video game characters, and that that was hard enough as it is with the source material. I mean, the story of Super Mario Brothers is one day Koopa kidnapped Princess Peach, and then Mario saved her. That's the story. Well, back <laughs> then she wasn't Peach yet, at least to American. She was still Toadstool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, what happened was it was Super Mario sixty four when she got the name Peach for the American audience, and that actually confused people because the, because the letter says I made you a cake. Peach. And people are like, oh, is it a peach cake or something? But had they played uh, Yoshi's Safari, they would have known that she was called Peach. That's true. <laughs> Who that's plays the only... that? No one did, which is why no one knew until uh, much later. 
But on that show, uh, the Super Show, I think it was the first time as a kid I noticed like glaring animation mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where like uh, this show was so cheap, and I could tell that it was cheap because in many scenes characters would be painted the wrong color. Like occasionally Mario would be painted with Luigi's colors. Mm-hmm. And then, like, sometimes the lip sync would be off. Not off, as in the characters would be mouthing the wrong words. Off in that the, the wrong character. Closed? Uh, oh. No, it's like one character would be speaking, but the other character would actually have their lips moving. Like, Luigi's so, voice would be coming out of Mario or something like that. Like, really obvious things they could have fixed but didn't because they didn't care. Sort of like with, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I mean, there was a oh. few, yeah. I noticed no, that. There, there are too. seeds of that 87 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series where you have, you have Raph, like, in the scene, while they're showing it, you know, just as the different frames are coming up, he turns into Donatello. Just, you know, <laughs> it's just like the animation is going to just the flame, the frame switch, and then his color change, the, the insignia change, and his weapons change. Just boom. Raph had secret, uh, you know, transmogrifying powers. Oh, it happened with all the turtles. All the turtles oh. switched to each other all the time. It was that that cartoon was special. Yeah, short but special. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so what I remember so, was yeah. there was actually an episode of The Legend of Zelda, ones that they show on Friday, where Link is being attacked by a crocodile, and they forgot yeah. to animate the background. It's just a cro- crocodile on paper. Oh, yeah. You remember that one, Neil? Vaguely. And I, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I have the, the Zelda DVD set. Hey, uh, one thing I could say about that is it has really good music. Yeah, it does. Because they actually took the, the songs from the games and uh, recorded them with an orchestra or whatever their equivalent of that was. I mean, it, they're actual instruments, and it does sound pretty cool. They didn't no have Casio to do that. there. Yeah. And actually, Mario used uh, you know Mario's music, too, and I don't think the games the cartoons before that did. So it was kind of authentic in that way. At least I appreciated it. Yeah, and then it has, of course, the closing credits. All right, where uh, Lou Albano clearly messes up, but they just kept it anyways. I, I love the part yeah, where he does the jump with his arms and he stumbles. Yeah, it's like, well, they, they kind of edited around it, but not, not well enough. What I love is he did it off-center, and then they, they like, looped it and put it in the center bigger. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's how they tried to get around it, because they wanted to get him one take or something. He was like, I'm only doing this once. <laughs> I'm only going to do this dancing once. I'm in my 50s, oh. and I'm Mario, and this is, too, this is too far. And he's wearing that tool belt, and if you if you watch the tool belt, it's like smacking him right between the legs. And you're like, ugh, it's hard to watch. So doing the Mario is not uh, as fun as it looks. Apparently, he went on Regis and Kathy Lee before they started filming that show, and he cut off... On the show, they they shaved off his beard because he'd always had a beard up until then. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, he had like uh, his thing was he put rubber bands in his beard for some yeah. reason. Yeah, and I, I that was kind of a shock to a lot of people. And I think what it was is that this is the first time in Captain Lou Albano's life that he was employed by someone other than uh, someone with the last name of McMahon. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God, real work. Swing your arms from side to side. You know what? I'm actually watching this now, and you're totally right. As he dances from the beginning of the video, <laughs> the tool belt slowly goes over, like closer and closer to his crotch, and then by the end, it is directly over his crotch, and the things are just hitting him over and over in the crotch. <laughs> he's like, he's like, work for Vince McMahon or get hit in the crotch with some tools. That is really bad. Yeah, I, I did not notice that until now. Thank you for bringing that to my attention because uh, Jesus. Wow. In ha- what guest stars did they have on the show again, Neil? Oh, uh, where do I even begin? Cindy Lauper, definitely. They had uh, Magic Johnson, right? I think they did. Didn't they have a little crossover with G.I. Joe with Sergeant Slaughter? Only if you use the speedy rule of uh, <laughs> crossovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter appeared on the show. Um, of course, there was the Inspector Gadget cameo. Oh, God. <laughs> was oh, it was actually Don Adams? thing? No, it wasn't. It was, uh, oh, God, who's the guy? The guy who did uh, Egon on the real Ghostbusters. Um, I don't know. I can't remember his name. That was, uh, I think that was Maurice LaMarche. Yeah, yeah. We would have we would have gotten an email from Mike Blanchard. God damn it, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was, wow. Hey, what's the thing with that show? It's like Power Something, where they had, like, the spot with oh, big... Uh... Bigfoot and... Uh, that was Video Power. Oh. Yeah, Video Power. And those were all Acclaim um, characters. So there was, was Quirk. Was that the 7-Up spot? Uh, no. no. Uh, you're, it was actually Quirk the Tomato. It was an Acclaim uh, Game Boy game. Oh, sounds... And there was a Barbarian and a Cop and Bigfoot. 
Yeah, they had uh, they had basketball players from Arch Rivals, uh, cops from I don't know where, Bigfoot from some Bigfoot game. Yeah, it was just a random collection of these crappy Nintendo game characters that most people didn't care about. Were the cops from Narc? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're from Narc. Yeah. That's right. You remember uh, the main villain in the show was from Narc. He was a big, fat uh, yeah. boss-type guy. Italian guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about that show, and that's kind of the that's that's one of those infamous ones that you know people just forget about, and it's every bit as crappy as the Super Show. I just love it's um, like it's like you have the barbarian and and the cop and Bigfoot and the the tomato guy living in an apartment together, and that in itself is just bad. (laughs) And then you have them fight crime. It's like you're, you're waiting. You're waiting for you're waiting for the tomato to say, "Hell no, that some bitch had axe." Uh, Apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called the Power Team, and the Barbarian guys from uh, Iron Sword, which is uh, Wizards and Warriors Two, famous for the cover that had Fabio. That's right. So Fabio, this is the cartoon that stars Fabio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should have gotten him to do the voice. What I love sure is, <laughs> what I love about Video Power is. Is the first season? It's trying to be like the Super Show, down to the down to the uh, cartoons and the skits and all that. And the second season, and afterwards, it became like a uh, more like uh, what the G Four is now, or, or where they have like video uh, game competitions. I remember that because I remember, oh, well, I haven't seen Video Power in years. Let me turn it on, and it, it's like kids playing Mortal Kombat in a competition. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, and then it had the. Um... The event at the end where you basically wore a suit of Velcro and tore games off the wall and Velcroed them to your body. And whatever you, that stuck to your body after you got, went down the slide, you got to keep. So it's, so it was, it became, you know, part double dare. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was riffing on, those, those sorts of shows. Oh boy, I get to keep Battletoads. <laughs> it won't, it won't Which come isn't off that hard based off the fact I played Battletoads Double Dragon. You can't even compare Battletoads Double Dragon to Battletoads. Oh, I, would, I just breezed through Browtoe's Double Dragon. That was easy. One day I'm going to make you play that game. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh my god, this speeder bike level is shit. <laughs> but Battletoads Double Dragon so forgiving. Compared but you know what? Battletoads, yeah. <laughs> there was a Battletoads pilot. Oh, you're right. Oh, we should talk about that. Uh, also, <laughs> Bubsy, if you want to go that far. The Battletoads pilot, <laughs> is this around the time when TMNT was huge and they were trying to like rip it off with all these other yeah parties. in fact that's what battletoads was it was basically a big cash in on teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah it's yeah like i said i would almost give the punks frog punk frogs credit for like being a commentary on the ripoffs but i don't think david wise was that smart well, i don't know <laughs> their names are so revolting it, it feels like it almost has to be parody but i mean that's not how they Forge. were marketed Pimple and zit, like and rash. Yeah, they're all skin conditions instead of uh, you know Renaissance painters. Warts from Mario too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it's it seems like in animation at least it was the era of Nintendo. If they weren't Nintendo properties, they were they damn well were uh, you know only on Nintendo consoles. Never saw an Alex Kidd cartoon until there was Sega and. A cute little fuzzy hedgehog. Uh, who somehow managed to squeeze out three different cartoons in the 90s. Voiced by uh, Steve Urkel. Yeah. Lil White. Some, so for some reason, for some reason, I, I never understood why. Well, I'm going to say it right here, right now, and I'm going to get some angry emails. I don't care. Sadam fucking sucks. Oh. Right, just that one? Okay, they all suck, but out of all of them, Saddam, because Saddam takes itself the most seriously. It does. It is so grim. And, uh... it, and the thing is that Sonic is such a cute character. And, and, and what I, I actually give Adventures some credit because I think what happened was the animators were told, oh, we need to make a fun, a fun and silly Sonic cartoon. And the animators looked at Sonic and said, this is a little bit like Felix the Cat. Let's ape off that. Yeah, that is what it feels like. Like he he has uh, I don't know he's quite sort of like Woody Woodpecker or Bugs Bunny or Felix, you know, in that he's like mischievous and a yeah. prankster or whatever. And well, in, well, um, yeah, it, well the other one, it's like uh, the the guy at Nintendo that created Mario said that the live action Mario movie took the game too literal. Miyamoto. Yeah, 
I think that's what happened with Sadam because in Sa- because in when you play Sonic and you kill a robot, you know, a little bunny hops out. So they decided to in in Sadam to make it like Doctor Robotnik has taken over the world and turned all of Sonic's friends into robots. Yeah, and like yeah. there's a weird sort of like zombieish, zombie movieish quality to it where like one of his relatives is like part robot and he might turn completely at one point. Like there's always that risk that he could turn completely and become homicidal. It's it's very grim. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think this cartoon is indicative of all the problems that are in the later Sonic game. But I mean, I don't know if if people that listen are going to care, but that that uh, show has a lot of rabid fans and uh, like uh, lots of people in the furry community seem to uh, <laughs> treasure it. Like no well, other the, you know piece what? of fiction. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna say it again. I'm not going to take a Sonic cartoon seriously that takes Dr. Robotnik seriously because it, it, it's it's a cute game with, you know, you know, the original Sonic, you know, yeah, he, he's he's a little surly, but, you know, he, he kind of taps his foot and points at his wrist like he's wearing a watch and, tells, and points in the direction that you need to go. And that's about that was about the extent of it. But. The ad campaign for it was like, oh my god, he's so extreme, and he's got an attitude, he's so much cooler than Mario, and, you know, I, I never got that that was, that was who Sonic was from, just from the games. And, no, uh, he didn't really turn that direction until, like, the Dreamcast, where they yeah. give, gave him awful, awful rock music and, um, Our like, rap songs. <laughs> the greatest scene in any Sonic <laughs> game, for all the wrong reasons. Oh no! Our weapons are useless! Yeah, that game was so. Yeah, yeah, that cartoon. All the Sonic cartoons are bad, but like I said, I give Adventures some credit, and they try to do a fun and wacky story, and they were aping off the Felix the Cat stuff, which you know, I give them creative points for. I believe that was another Deke uh, program because at the end they had those uh, Sonic says, like Sailor Moon says. Yeah, be like, hey kids, don't play with a stove, don't smoke cigarettes, uh, don't get molested, all that fun stuff. You do know about Sonic Underground, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I was a little too old uh, for that kind of crap by the time it came <laughs> out, so I never saw it. But apparently, there it was a, uh, it had lots of original songs in it or something like that. Yeah, lots of original characters too. It's like Sonic is one of three siblings. He has a sister and a brother, and they are they have magical amulets that turn into rock instruments, and they fight robotic with the power of rock. Oh, is, does this take place in the future or? I, I don't I'm know. To that out. I don't know. I just booted up a uh, an episode of this, and immediately uh, I was greeted by the episode title in Comic Sans. So uh, that speaks <laughs> to the quality of Sonic Adventure. I mean, sorry, Sonic Underground. Yeah, and uh, this is the only American-made Sonic cartoon that had Knuckles. Oh, yeah. The only other place where you see Knuckles show up is in uh, the OVA that came out. And- that's not really worth talking about. And it's uh, not I sh- we should at least say that he has a cowboy hat in that uh, OVA. Oh, yeah, Knuckles. he does. And and I think Sonic actually flies around a lot. Yeah, he does. If I can remember correctly. It was really bad. And then there was Sonic X, which is like Dragon Ball Z, but with Sonic. Yeah, I yeah. actually showed Neil the scene where Sonic goes uh, Super Sonic, and it's pretty much the whole... Yeah. I, I turn stuff off a lot quicker than you do you seem to watch all these shows Ben, and it only took about five minutes of like sat am or sonic the adventures where i just would turn it off like nope yeah yeah the thing the sonic the uh the comic sans thing the uh bleh, the comic sans thing uh, for the uh the episode titles that was there was very much a deke thing they they were very generic uh <laughs> font that they would always use for the uh the episode titles hmm so you always, I always knew when I was watching a Deke cartoon back in the 80s and 90s. They, they seemed to always prefer the same animation studios, and it was very obvious. Even even today, I go, oh yeah, this must be a Deke cartoon. Yeah. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast... Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com.
Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. In a lot of cases, at least in the uh, in the mid or to late '80s, they would get lucky and get a really good Japanese animation studio. Not and you'd see that with a lot of cartoons, where like one episode would have way better animation than anything else you'd ever seen on the show at that point, and and it would never you would never get that good again. You're just treated yeah. to like one really nice looking episode, or just the intro. Oh yeah, yeah. The intro usually had like the best studio work on it, and then the show never looked like that. Yeah. Oh, that means we have to talk about a little. Uh... American cartoon, which has an intro, which is a fucking tease. This intro has amazing animation. Super fighting robot. Mega Man? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I did not even bother to look that up for the uh, show. I, it never was on in my uh, in my area, so I never actually saw it. Is it was it Ruby Spears as well? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, an odd Ruby Spears uh, cartoon from the 90s. I, there weren't that many of them. Um, yeah, they they use some sort of overseas studio. I don't know what the hell it is. But it was... Well, they had Toei do the opening. Yeah, yeah the opening then... is uh, just fantastic. <laughs> Isn't it? And and then never again. Yeah. They actually had an episode where Mega Man uh, X showed up to help Mega Man. Oh, I, I watched part of that. Again, I turned it off. God, I think and... they, like, they contracted the people who made Ghost in the Shell to make this intro. <laughs> What well, I, like, I love is yeah. I love is how fucking useless Roll is in, in this cartoon. Well, she has a vacuum cleaner arm. Yeah, it's like you know I'm not going to get an upgrade or anything. I'm going to fight crime with a vacuum cleaner arm. So apparently, at one point, she beat Dustman. <laughs> hmm. I think it's the only one she could she could fight. I want to hear Neil talk about the uh, talk about the problems with uh, Proto Man being the bad guy. Um, you mean other than the fact that he was never the bad guy? Yeah. That is a secret um, plot twist to Mega Man 3. Yeah, uh, that's kind of like making Zangief the bad guy in this, one of the bad guys in the Street Fighter cartoon. It, it, it was basically just to add villains to the roster. It wasn't... Because it was always just uh, uh, Dr. Wily and his his little robots that he would make and, and then Mega Man would promptly destroy. Uh, I I don't really have much of a rant. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> just, just that it was... Uh, not faithful to the game. I don't. I don't know if that's really uh, a strike against it, but uh, kind of a, an odd choice. Yes, fighting to save the world. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Let's talk about the USA Cartoon Express. Oh, why not? Yeah. Uh, did they actually have their own original things, or did they just rerun old packages of shows that they bought? At well, the they, they very actually... end of the run, they started making their own cartoons and. They're all they based made, off of video games. Well, other than Savage Dragon, which was kindly left off this list. Oh because, my God, you're right. I know what you're talking. I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, even even if there was a Savage Dragon cartoon, I think I would have left it off the list. <laughs> there but, was, uh, and uh, yeah, you should. There's a uh, off every list. What I love is once again the Street Fighter cartoon on USA was based off the movie. Yeah, oh, of it's course, a, yeah, of course. Yeah. They would make that mistake. Uh, that'd be David K, the voice of Beast Wars Megatron, doing the voice of Bison. So yeah, the Street Fighter cartoon was just bad. I mean, you had things like the scene where, <laughs> well, most of the scenes were badly animated. Let, let's just let's just get. Yeah, that I don't straight. think you can really pick out any specific <laughs> scene because it's all terrible. There were there were scale problems. There were. Uh, 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 Model problems with the with the characters' faces and and uh, color problems. Just, yeah, and just just flat out impossibilities. Like and the way they would try to work the moves into the cartoon. Like uh, the one scene that always cracks me up is uh, the characters are trapped in a room with like gas descending down upon them, and Chun Li flips over and does the does the spinning bird kick to dissipate the gas. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> There must be something uh, better to watch. Maybe Benson is on. 
<laughs> the thing is, uh, if you were a savvy uh, video renter at the time, you could have went to your local video, uh, video stores like One Shelf of Anime and had picked up the uh, Japanese cartoon right. movie, which was awesome. I don't know if it holds up, but I mean, it totally kicked the cartoon's ass, the American scene. Yeah, there was a shower scene. Uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah, you, in the uncut especially. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have to get the uncut because uh, the dub that is also on the PS2 collection uh, does not has that scene very truncated, so you never see any uh, boobs. Right, and that was that was the point uh, in most people's childhood, excuse me, childhoods when they were like, Japanese cartoons, oh my god, boobs. Life cannot get better. <laughs> and uh, what I love is... I broke Neil's mind with one thing. The USA Cartoon Express, they did a Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, which is a total imitation art style in there. Bruce Tim, yeah. Where they imitate Bruce Tim's art style. Oh, and, okay. I didn't. I did not know that's what they were going for. And what I love is Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat are actually in the same continuity thanks to a USA Cartoon Express original character, the Warrior King. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's also got, got the, uh, the claws that uh, that these these cartoons still take place in different universes, but you have this character that can travel be- between the worlds and appear in both cartoons. Voiced by Michael Dorn, and dressed like dressed like uh, He Man. Michael Dorn was getting around uh, in voice acting back then. I think he was even on uh, Gargoyles. As, yes, he was. Uh, he was, he was he, Weasel. He was Coldstone in Gargoyles, and he was Weasel in I Am Weasel. Oh, which is right. brilliant. Yeah. Which is brilliant that you have Michael Dorn just shout, "I am Weasel," because you're picturing Worf saying that. Yes, it was a very common studied uh, role. I, I think it was good for him. Yes, that's exactly why it's brilliant, Neil. Once you hear, once you realize it's Michael Dorn, you can't not picture Michael Dorn dressed up as Worf reading, reading "I am Weasel." It's in your head. That's how I see it. I see him in the voice recording booth, full makeup. He can't leave the house without the makeup. With a batleth at his side? Yeah. Of course. Was there really anything to say about the Mortal Kombat cartoon itself? Because it's, I just it's find bad. it hilarious that uh, they made a kid's cartoon based upon a notoriously violent, mature-rated video game. Finish I don't think they'd be allowed to do that these days because of just how crazy... I don't know. Oh, what I love is where the crossover went, it ultimately in the end. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm more of a PC gamer than a, than a than a video console gamer. Growing up in the when 1990, growing up, my dad brought a, home a computer game for us to play. It was a space flight sim. You might have heard of uh, Wing Commander. Oh yeah. yeah. Wing Commander has a very simple plot. It's basically you're you're the humans and you're fighting against the evil Kilrothi, which are uh, aliens that look like giant cats. And okay, it, it's better than it's. <laughs> You're not I, 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 me on I this. haven't played them, but um, I know there's like at least six or seven games and uh, uh, five games. Oh, there's five. Okay, yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, they had made a cartoon, and they had uh, they had uh, Mark Hamill, Tom Wilson, voicing the characters they actually played in the third, fourth, and fifth game. The third, fourth, and fifth game had full motion video, and they had. They, we were able to hire Mark Hamill and Tom Wilson and Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, I know that this is back when computer game and video games companies had mad money. They they certainly did, yeah. And yeah, they hired all these actors, real actors, John Rhys Davies as well. And they had, oh my god, they had to. So in the cartoon, they had they got all these actors back to do the voice acting and of course they were all also voice actors too they you know mark hamill was a voice actor tom wilson was a voice actor malcolm mcdowell was a voice actor in fact they all did work with uh, warner brothers animation <laughs> is, is tom wilson uh back to the future tom wilson yes, yes. Okay. and uh my favorite part is they created a new character for this cartoon voiced by dana delaney okay and who is lois yes and the cart in yeah, this Wing Commander cartoon. Um, you know, I'm from a, I'm, you know, I've been around Wing Commander fan, fans for a good ten years of my life, and they love anything Wing Commander. They even defend the live action movie. Oh wow! And there are people who love this cartoon, and you know what? Out of everything that was ever Wing Commander, the cartoon's not bad, but better than the movie, right? 
anything's better than the movie. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> but yeah, look, look, it's if Freddie Prince Jr. like somehow dropped off the face of the earth, I think humanity by itself would be better off. But I think he already has, so you got your you got your wish. Well, Matthew Lillard has to go too. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, the uh, the Warrior King showed up in this, and it's the same shit with as when he showed up in the other cartoons, where he basically he wrecks everyone's shit, and then in the end, someone gives him a moral story and decides, "Screw this, I'm going home," and leaves. Hmm. That's all he does. <laughs> Exciting. He's very redeemable that way. Yeah, and yeah, Wing Commander Academy was the name of the cartoon, Wing Commander Academy, and. You know, they, they tried to say that it was a part of the continuity of the games, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, they had a, <clears throat> I mean, the design of the carrier itself, the tiger's claw, and okay, okay, I'm going into nerddom here. Hey, you're in the right place. That's and cool. <laughs> the design of the carrier, the tiger's claw, has basically has a landing and a takeoff pad as a main part of its structure, and it's it's like the main part of the keel. In the cartoon, it's the same basic shape of the ship, but no, the, all the all the takeoff ports are like on the side versus just the main one that's been using the game at all times. So I'm, I'm going to say, no, it's not the same continuity, and no, you can't convince me. Sorry, <laughs> WCNews.com. <laughs> I don't know why you have a Wing Commander news site 10 years after they made a game. Hey, they could still make a, another one. They made don't one on Xbox up. Live, it's ass. Oh, you're right. I should have known that, and uh, now I remember. Very sad. Yep. And uh, what do we have next on the list, Neil? Uh, well, the last one, well, not the last one we're going to bring up, but the last one on my list is Pokemon, which is still going today. And I would never have believed this cartoon had this much longevity, considering that everything that needed to be told in the story was done in the first season. Well, the first that season was the first season for a kids' cartoon wasn't terrible. I mean, I mean, when you think about the whole fact that you know he worked really hard and then he lost, it's yeah. not a bad story. I mean, Rocky was that story, yeah, and Rocky's a great story. Also, uh, to its credit, it was extremely faithful to the source material, and then also, um, it was very rare for a syndicated uh, show like that to be serialized, where you would you would there be a cliffhanger at the end of every episode, like what's going to happen next. Like but that just makes it difficult when they cut out episodes because you have a guy cross-dressing or you know, oh, yeah, yeah. introducing Pokemon. You can't just watch a random episode if you were watching it. But um, I think like that, that was a new idea in kids' TV for at least America at the time where that rarely happened. And uh, people in Japan were used to it. So Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to remember other things about the Pokemon cartoon. Well, the dub was exceptionally well done. Because it was the same cast from Slayers, the same cast from uh, Captain Tyler. Yeah. Um, Didn't the, they like switch over all the voice actors and tell the new voice actors to sound exactly like the old ones? Yeah, and that wasn't very good. Yeah, it was sort of like uh, every... I, I like Slayers a lot at the time, and I uh, just uh, watching Pokemon uh, for the brief amount of time I did watch it. It was kind of like all my favorite voices were there. Was it Pokemon or Pokemon? Uh, are you asking for uh, the pr- pronunciation? Yeah, Pokemon or uh, Pokemon? I think it's Pokey. Like Parquet? Uh sort of. But I think it's it's like it's a Japanese like um portmanteau, so it really doesn't matter because Pocket Monster. We're gonna say it right ever. Yeah. I prefer Pokemans. I prefer oh, monsters in my pocket. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing is that you you don't ever call it pocket monsters in America. The Nintendo will wag their finger at you. Like no, no, that that's getting dangerously close to another property that we don't want any litigation with. I, th- I think that property. I don't know. Uh, well, one thing I, they I don't didn't. Think we've heard a lot from that uh, property in a long time. Mm-hmm. But one thing, uh, they still... didn't, one thing they didn't do was address the fact that everyone's dead in Lavender Town. Uh, oh, it's the one with all the ghosts. Oh yeah, yeah. Why are you obsessed with that? I don't care. It's it's don't one of the my, it's one of the best creepy pastas ever. Do you even know what creepy pasta is, Neil? No. It's like creepy stories that are awesome. Okay. Look it up sometimes. Creepy pasta. The finest flavor. But what other cartoons are there that are based off of video games? 
Well, I, I was gonna I was gonna go back to the some of the Mario cartoons. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just look I was just looking at this and yeah, uh, Super Mario Brothers three the cartoon was kind of similar to the Super Show, but oh man, uh, the cartoon for Mario World was terrible. Yeah, like, I, well, I remember about Super Mario three the cartoon was the opening tried to make it all serious like Sad Am. Yeah, but Koopa yeah. and his kids. That show, I mean, they were all pretty bad, but at least that one was kind of the most faithful to the source material. And uh, I don't know, there was a lot to work with, especially because uh, it had come out just after three. So there was a, there was a ton of like items and levels and characters in three that they could easily use for a show. But World was terrible because I think someone just caught wind of, oh yeah, it takes place in dinosaur land. Of course, there's cavemen, so let's fill our entire show with cavemen who talk like cavemen. <laughs> and then the game has no fucking cavemen. There's nothing more tedious than watching a show about cavemen who talk in that same cadence for, like, 22 minutes. <laughs> you know what? Neil, how do you feel about their Yoshi? Oh. Talk about Poochie. <laughs> the thing is, it's so weird that eventually Yoshi got a babyish voice in yeah. the games, but the, in, in the cartoon, they gave it to him immediately. I don't know if that's a case of, like... Uh, the game's imitating something that happened before or not, but like I'm, I'm a fan of Voiceless Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was something I was gonna say about Sonic is that I prefer Sonic Mute. Mm. He like never the, needs like to the talk. progressive commercial. Yeah, like the progressive commercial. <laughs> He's cute in that commercial because he doesn't talk. Well, there's there's actually a new uh, new Sonic game that came out last year, and it's it's one of the first good ones in a long time, and uh, it has future Sonic teaming up with past Sonic, and past Sonic cannot talk, and it's great. Yeah, Sonic Generations. Yeah. For is some reason, a, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Does, does it go Super Saiyan? Uh, he's always been going Super Saiyan since the very first game, so at Second some game. point, yes. Yeah. Second yeah, game. I think the, 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 the Chaos Emeralds were just kind of an incidental thing in the first game. They didn't do anything, except change the ending slightly. Yeah, I think I think actually maybe 2 was the first game he went... He can go Super Sonic, which obviously, you know, collect 7 of a thing... Get superpowers pretty close to another property. Yeah. And then you can go hypersonic, which is one level above. Uh, which is like Super Saiyan 2 for, uh, for Sonic. At least it's uh, not a 3. I don't know. They not keep that I'm aware his, of. They keep making his, uh, his quills longer. Oh, God. <laughs> but at least his eyebrows didn't go away. You know what was weird about the Legend of Zelda cartoon is that they had a lot of things that did not appear in the games at that time that would appear, that would appear later in the series. Like they, one episode had like a fire dungeon and a water dungeon. There was nothing like that in the original uh, Zelda game at all. And uh, you know, it, he had a horse. It wasn't Epona, but it was still, it was Link on a horse. And that was kind That's of an true, iconic yeah. thing for Zelda. It was never in the first two games. Another thing I remember to kind of address the the inherent violence in you know killing things with a sword, it sort of had a Ghostbusters containment unit type setup where, whenever <laughs> he would kill something, it would reappear in Ganon's um, base and then like a containment unit basically in a yeah. giant bowl or something. If I remember, yeah. That. Even Ganon, like even if it, whenever Link like managed to catch up to Ganon, like hit him with a sword or his arrow, he would he would the same thing would happen to him. So it was like an endless cycle. There was no way to kill Ganon, I guess. It's kind of futile. Yeah. Well, the thing is this. There's only two Triforces in the cartoon. Mm. Well, that was before that whole mythos got, got and the thing really is started. That, well, it's a Triforce. There's, that means there's three the of duo them. Dual Force. Yeah, but in, in the in the first game, I think it was just called the Triforce because it was a triangle. And the, another thing to keep in mind is, uh, is you know, the Triforce isn't an actual physical thing. People have a Triforce. It's in them. I mean, yeah. like, uh, Zelda's supposed to have the Triforce of Wisdom and Ganon the Triforce of Power and Link the Triforce of cor- Courage. Because you're, because, you're, you're never, because you're never truly disabled as long as you have courage. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just cross-referenced Zelda with Transformers. <laughs> well, excuse me! That was quite yeah, the, uh, the connection. That was, that was really stretching it. <laughs> but but yeah that that whole that whole uh thing where Zelda Link and Ganon are the Triforce themselves uh I don't think that really started until the third game it even in this even in Zelda two it was still a physical object that Link had to go find actually I think it was a I think it it still remained a physical object in Ocarina as well but it wasn't 
ever in the game, but they intended it to be at some point, I think. Mm. But anyway. Yes. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Wasn't there an, an Invader Zim? Or no, Invader Zim. Uh, Earthworm Jim. I don't know how I got yeah, those. There was, oh, yeah, Earthworm yeah. Jim was a great cartoon. It was, it was the, pretty good, yeah. The animation was cheap, but the writing was awesome. The writing was really good, but I mean, uh, the animation especially, like, surrounded by really great... Well, that was when Warner Brothers Animation had a lot of money. And so, like, all, all, all of their cartoons were very, very nice looking and had really, like, good orchestral, like, accompaniment. And then there was just, like, a standard, you know, animated cartoon. But then, you know, like you said, the writing was pretty good, so... And, uh, yeah, the uh, they they had so many great jokes in that cartoon. Like, uh, one episode I remember is where Earthworm Jim was going to get, like, a, a medal from the president. Yeah, I know I know, and, know this joke exactly. It's one of the, like, the three things I remember from the show. And the Earthworm Jim meets the president, but it looks nothing like any president that ever would exist. Yeah, and, he has red Earthworm hair, Jim's I like, think. Earthworm Jim's like, hey, you're not the president. And the guy says, yeah, I'm the standing president because when the show re-airs, it might look dated if they drew an actual president. But <laughs> <laughs> <And> it's true. <laughs> and that was funny. That was As funny, a kid, yeah. I could stop laughing at that scene because it was so brilliant. <laughs> like, hey, you're not the president. <laughs> I loved that scene. <laughs> So much, yeah. That like I, that is one of the few jokes I can remember, which does say something that we both remember that exact same joke. I'm trying to remember if there are any more animes that were uh, based on video games that kind of slipped our uh, our notice. Uh, if you're talking about that, you could probably do an entire episode just based on that, you know, anime series based on video games or like OVAs or whatever. Because you mentioned the Sonic uh, one. Oh yeah, and, then... and there were a few Mario ones that were pretty bad. Oh yeah, I, I saw. And one of they're them. all on YouTube if you guys want to see them. But uh, I mean, the animation's <laughs> yeah. nice, but uh, they're weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just really sad that. Well, number one, you play a video game, and you get the story right when you play the video game. You know. So why well, would you want you know, see the story again or have them? Well, it it depends upon the era because a lot of those early video games you don't really get the story and uh, we're in so abstract, get, yeah. You get you, well, you get them in the manual. Like apparently, there's a story going on through the Alex Kidd games, but you know, <laughs> I've I've started a few of them and I'm like, okay, it's a platformer, and I've obviously I've never gotten past like the first level of these games. So if there are cuts, if there are cutscenes, I've never seen them. For for our listeners, I want Neil to describe exactly why uh, Miyamoto said the 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 Super Mario Brothers movie, the live action movie, was called too faithful for the adaptation. Neil, well, in the American manual, it said that the Mushroom Kingdom characters were transformed into into the blocks that Mario hits to get power ups, and in the movie. Uh, there's fungus all over the place, and they're kind of like passing power-ups off to Mario. You know, they'll throw him like a like a bomb or something here and there. And, yeah, and I think I think Ben's brain exploded when I explained <laughs> this to him. <laughs> that is, yeah, that uh, that movie really disappointed me. There was a guy I knew in high school that insisted that was the mo- that was an awesome adaptation. Wow, <laughs> um, I want some of those drugs. <laughs> I wonder if he would. Uh... Still agree. Um, the guy was kind of weird, but I what? See, Neil would prefer uh, a washed-up old wrestler swinging his arms from side to side. Yeah, it's amazing how Captain Lou Albano beats the shit out of uh, Bob Hoskins as Mario. But you know, Bob Hoskins has gone on record saying that that was his worst movie of all time, and he probably he probably phoned it in the entire the entire way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I bet he was he was swinging his arms from side to side. Also, John Leguizamo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a it mustache. Was, no mustache. Luigi. No mustache. And, uh, oh, what's his name? He just died uh, not too long ago as, as Bowser. Oh, Dennis Hopper. Uh, Dennis Hopper, yeah. Oh, boy. How much did they pay him to be in that movie? A lot. I don't know. Uh, Dennis Hopper was not, um, at that point in his career, was basically doing everything. He was in, like, um, video games. Like full motion video, video games, and like he was in everything. He just wants money. He just wanted money. To be money. fair, to be fair, so was Bruce Willis around that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Christopher Walken, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, 
Oh, that reminds me. Have you ever seen the the full motion video video game, uh, the the one with the uh, Christopher Walken in in it as a detective? And yeah, uh, I think it's called Ripper. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, what I love, what I love is the song that they play for the song is "Don't Fear the Reaper," and Christopher Walken's in the game. <laughs> He's got a fever, and the only prescription uh, is more cowbell. I didn't put that together until you started doing that. <laughs> Come on, you didn't see that coming? I did not see that coming. I forgot that that was a, a joke about that song. <laughs> I commend you. <laughs> do you think do you think the people who made the game saw that? And... Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm pretty sure that game was pre-Cowbell uh, Fever sketch, but maybe they saw it coming. Oh. So you think SNL did that then on purpose? Um, <laughs> I don't think it's anyone not. knows about Ripper except for us. <laughs> so... Yeah, the Mario cartoons are kind of heinous. Uh, how do you think they rate to like the uh, the CDI games in terms of animation? <laughs> they have better uh, animation than the CDI games. Yeah, they're much better. But that's well, the saying. Zelda cartoon had much better animation compared to the CDI yeah. games. Oh yeah, but definitely. Which, like, uh, but which is the superior link? <laughs> the one who can eat an Octorok or the one who uh, it wants to be is always trying to sneak kisses from Zelda? I'm or gonna say the one princess. The, the one who doesn't wildly gesticulate every sentence. Well, excuse <laughs> me, princess. You know what the yeah. one sin that the Zelda cartoon has that I can't forgive it? What's that? No tingle. No tingle. Uh-huh. Oh, well, it was about ten years before tingle. That's no excuse. <laughs> so you wanted them to hop in their DeLorean to discover the Well, you talked about character. how the cartoons have things before the games do. Oh, yeah, but I was just... It, <laughs> they, did, they, did not predict, they did not predict tingle. Unfortunately, yeah. I think I think the fact that they did like a swimming dungeon in that in that cartoon was just a coincidence. I don't think I don't believe for a second that the game designers watched the cartoon and said we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt for a, I doubt for an instance that they were showing many uh, of those cartoons in America in Japan. If you asked Miyamoto, he would probably be like, "There was a Zelda cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so who let that happen?" Well, because, actually, uh, to be fair, they did show some. They did show a lot of shitty American cartoons in Japan back then. Yeah, yeah, they did. They they showed the X Men cartoon, and actually, oh, in Japan. Yeah, but they changed the opening. And, uh... Yeah, the, that opening was a tease. All this beautiful Toei animation, and all of a sudden, Acom. Yeah. Oh, Acom is the worst. <laughs> I'm I'm just getting like as soon as you said that I just immediately thought of how all of their shows looked. Yeah, the kind of wall-eyed look and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, no character was looking in any particular direction, and the shadows yeah. were always very black and weird. Almost like Funimation, where they never look at each other when they talk. <laughs> yeah, but that was a different reason because they were always using stock footage. Mm, okay, and, uh, that makes sense. And they were uh, they were basically just tracing, and they would put the they would put the characters together in the scene and. Whatever direction they were looking is where they were looking, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not totally noticeable, but once you know that it's there, you you'll always stop see noticing. it. Yeah, yeah. When when you said Acom, I just like an image popped in my head, and I was like, "What's wrong with this image?" And then you said the wall eyes. I'm like, "Yes, no character is like looking at anything. <laughs> They're all just in a daze or maybe yeah. temporarily blinded." But yeah, I have I have the uh, the cart- the anime opening, and it's pretty red. Yeah, but. That doesn't forgive the show itself. Yeah. Which is one of the worst X-Men shows ever. Surprisingly, a lot of people have a fondness for it that I, I just don't get. I know! <laughs> am, I t- am I touching it's, on a nerve here? Oh, yeah. it's It's been a long, frustrating, uh, uh, what you would call it, a pet peeve of uh, Ben here, where people just love the Acom cartoons and... Not the Acom like, cartoons. What? Not the Acom cartoons. It's the Fox X Men cartoon specifically. Yeah, but you also have uh, the Spider Man cartoon and uh, later episodes of Transformers. Spider Man, and... not as much, but the the Fox X Men cartoon is is my big pet peeve because that cartoon sucks. The writing was shit. The animation was shit. It did, and it was on uh, the same like time span as Batman, and that was just like a zillion times better than anything around it. I know. So, like, you had a direct comparison right in front of you. So there was no, there's no excuse. In, yeah, in... Filet Mignon, and then you had horse meat. 
It, what what I love is what I love is uh, we had we had someone on the show once who who said that the the Acom animation the shitty animation was just a style. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard bad artists say that their their bad art is a style. And and the thing is, we did an episode where we compared uh, X Men Evolution to the Fox X Men series, and this one guy we had on just kept on talking about how the Fox X Men series was so much better, and re- really never backed it up. <laughs> yeah, and one of one of the quips I threw in there when he said when he said style, and I was like, "Shit is not a style." <laughs> Poorly yeah. uh, rendered. That's yeah. a style off model. Yeah. And also, Acom had the uh, kind of the bow legged walk. You know, whenever it didn't it didn't look bad when they were walking side to side, but if you had anyone walking toward the camera, it they like didn't know how to do that. What about what about that scene where Jean Grey's walking with Professor X around oh, the room? Oh yeah, the <laughs> the ninety degree turn. See, every time you every time you like bring this up, I have to explain what it is. Cause, Please do. I I, I yeah, know. It, I mean, yeah, I, I I know. I have a sense of how bad it is, but Pro- Professor X is uh, in his hover chair, and uh, Jean Grey's walking alongside him, and he turns uh, to go like it's like a perfect ninety degree turn, and Jean Grey's on the outside of this turn. But she turns with him and keeps up with him the whole way. It just looks so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, let, let's wrap up the video game episode first. I'm your host, Ben. And Cheese, Mr. Neil. And, oh, should I say who I am? In case yes. you forgot. Yeah, and you can I'm, plug your show. Uh, Bob Mackey. I have a show on uh, 1up.com called Retronauts. And it is a weekly podcast about old video games. And you can go to it by going to, uh, check it out by going to 1up.com. And it's the best classic video game podcast ever. I'll let you say that. Yeah, I can't say that about my own show, but uh, I appreciate it. And we're saying goodnight. Goodbye. Mario. They're moving real fast, they're the only ones who Let's can get go, there on time. Okay, sis. And never too far behind, they're always fighting crime. Stop time, Dad. Ready as you are, Rhodey. In the danger zone. Pretty soon they'll be off on a mission. Hydrofoil mode, Rhodey. Hydrofoil engaged, Dad. Opposition! What's behind?